Welcome to this Girl Life podcast. We're your hosts, Whitney Kleiner and Kristen Kavan, best friends who understand the power of friendship, good conversations, and the realness of creating your best life. Each week, you can find us here having real, raw, unfiltered conversations that you want to have with your best friends. It's everything you need to know to master this girl life. Let's get it started. We're back, so 24, and we're pumped. It's Whitney and Kristen of This Girl Live. Today we have on a really fun guest. Her name is Claire Byrne. She is the heartbreak coach, like the heartbreak coach. She's the boss. She knows everything about it. And we're going to break down relationships and heartbreak today, and it it's awesome. And she's so wise. She is so wise. Because we've all had a heartbreak, and we, when I found her, I was like, yes, girl has got to come on the podcast to chit-chat. And you guys had so many great questions for her, so we answer some listener questions, and we just kind of break down how to not pick the asshole, and it's Pretty awesome. much. That's the podcast. It's a short intro today because we do yay and nay with her. And so we just wanted to go right in. So get ready and welcome Claire Byrne, the heartbreak coach. (laughs) Make sure you look good in that Skype video. Always. You guys, we're so excited today. We have Claire Burns on, the heartbreak coach. She's here to talk all things heartbreak and love, relationships. So welcome to This Girl Life, Claire. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are so excited because... Honestly, your business relates to everyone because everyone has had heartbreak. Everyone has dealt with it. So for our TGL listeners who may or may not know you, introduce yourself and tell us how you got into this business. Thank you. So I, my name is Claire Byrne. I'm uh, also known as Claire the Heartbreak Coach on IG. I still like to be like a millennial, even though I'm 38. So I just (laughs) missed the cusp, but I like to identify with them. And uh, yeah, I moved through a lot of heartbreak, especially from my mid 20s into my early 30s. And really at 29, 30, are you guys familiar with Saturn returns, that concept in astrology? Yes, a little bit. I'm not. I'm no astrologist, so for girls, look it up because I'm probably going to botch the description. But basically, when you were born, Saturn was in a specific position, and then it returns to that same exact position 29 and a half years later. And it's, you know, usually at that time, and, and majority of my clients are around 28, 29, 30, and going through some major heartbreak that is uprooting their lives and is affecting everything else, which is exactly what happened to me. I had two back-to-back heartbreaks, one at 28 and then at 30. And that when I went, the one when I was 30 was really my rock bottom of my life. Um, it was a very emotionally abusive relationship with a bona fide narcissistic sociopath leading a double life. I kept asking over and over again, this, this, this is shady. This is weird. He'd be like, you're absolutely crazy. I love you we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. You are the mother of my children. And something in my body was just always thinking this isn't right. Now I was no angel. I always like to share this in my heartbreak story. You can learn about it on my website and I'll give you all the info. It takes two. So I'm not here to scathe that person. We were doing our own dance. I attracted that person because of my very low self-esteem at the time. And it doesn't condone his behavior by any means, but Um, that to me was an invitation to wake the F up and 
really start doing some deeper digging in my own healing. I had never been in therapy before. At that point, I had just gotten certified to teach yoga. So I thought I was like all evolved and like <laughs> grounded and aware. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, the universe was like, just when you think you know, you don't. <laughs> and so ultimately, I, I'm an actress. And um, I, my main focus now, I, I actually just told my agents and manager, I'm no longer doing this because I've really fallen in love with this business. And I never anticipated loving anything more, but now I've been living in LA that, that all of that drama happened in New York. I've been in living in LA for the last six years. I found an amazing therapist and really finally the work started clicking. And then I was curious about life coaching because I was really interested in helping so many people when they were moving through stuff. And, um, I, did a life coach training program uh, about four years ago. And at first, even when I finished, I was like, I coach women in their 20s and their 30s. I kept it very vague because I was so scared to put that story out there. Right. Two years ago, I got my I got into another relationship, not with a narcissistic sociopath, but he did break <laughs> my heart. And I was moving through the breakup in such a different way because I actually finally was using the tools that I learned through coaching, through therapy, and of course, yoga and meditating, all the things. <laughs> and I was like, I'm supposed to coach on heartbreak. And I kept attracting women moving through heartbreak. And so that's when this whole heartbreak business really officially began two years ago. But I've been coaching for just over four years now. Wow. I know. Isn't it interesting how just like working on ourselves, finally, when you can like step back and like work on yourselves, how things just open up and like lead to something totally different. I, I think that's just such a beautiful, I don't know, gift. Aha like, moment. Yes. Too. Yeah. I always say to my clients because I take on clients for six months at a time and I ask them to make a six month commitment because People just think, oh, I'll do four sessions and I'll be all healed. And it's so not about that. There's so much more to the work. And and I'm looking to work. I mean, I'm now capped out on my clients. So if anyone's interested, message me and I can put you on a wait list. But I am looking for women who want to not only heal the heartbreak, but really understand their greater lesson in it. And taking that work and then applying it into all the other areas of their life. And so sometimes people say, well, what do I get at the end of the six months? And I'm like, all I can tell you is if you show up and you do the work and you do the deeper digging and you look at your part in it, which is really humbling and scary and can bring up a lot of shame and you move through that and you transform your victim story into a heroine story, just the most amazing shit happens, but I can't tell you what that's going to be. And I don't want to bullshit you and say, Mr. Right is going to enter because it's not right. about that. Totally. And I won't take anyone on who's like all about, I just want to find my person. I, I, that's not true. I do take on single women who are dissatisfied in their lives, who are wanting to find the right person, but I don't want to take a heartbroken person in who only wants to jump to the next guy. I want to take the heartbroken person who wants to do the work on herself and really get a deeper understanding as to why she attracted that in the first place. Because you think I know this because I had a pattern of lots of interesting men and they all had very different appearances, very different jobs, very different personalities. But my pattern with them was always the same. I was the common denominator. Right. Yes. So it's breaking a pattern. That's like you're looking for someone yeah. who wants that help, who wants to break the pattern and do the work on themselves. And not indulge their victim story because that's what I did for so many years. He did this to me. How could he? I was so fixated on him being such a douchebag. And like, trust me, I still think the man is a douchebag. But that's not <laughs> – 
what the work is about, right? Like right. that's not what the work is about. And then that brings up the whole topic of forgiveness, right? You know, all in so many self-help sources, resources and teachers and um, healers all say forgiveness isn't about condoning the behavior. It's about setting yourself free. Um, and I'm very honest. I have an episode on my own podcast about this. Um, that I haven't fully forgiven that situation, that person, because I, I mean, all my other exes, like I'm like really close with two of my exes. It's not about, oh, you hurt me and we're no longer, we can never speak. But um, when I know that the continued abuse is happening with other women, um, that's where I'm like, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but I also think there's something to be said about owning that because I think empaths are you familiar you know empaths versus you know I am an empath (laughs) like it's bad yes Whitney you're so excited to own it you're like yes because it's no because I had to I like I I was I didn't understand all of it until I was like oh my god I'm an empath and once you own it then you get it like then you get things so much more that's coming into your life and in your path and how to handle that so yeah Right. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what an empath is, I just explained this to a client. It's empaths and narcissists do this dance together. And I identify as an empath. And being an empath is also a beautiful thing. We have huge hearts and we have so much love to give. We're loyal as am I allowed to curse on this? (laughs) Um, Loyal as bleep. And uh, just want to love and connect and to give love. But they often, if it's too much, will abandon themselves to just give it to the other person and hope that that other person will give it to them to fill the void of what they're not giving themselves. So it can be a beautiful thing, but we need to learn boundaries and we need to decide what works and what doesn't work and have a voice and have a say and have needs and not apologize or feel guilty for that. And so that's really the work there. Um, So yeah, definitely. I I think as an, like for me, maybe it's not being an empath. Maybe it's just being a human being I found myself in past relationships getting into the like what if game you know and it's like that dance of um just being engulfed and well what if this what if that like oh you know so the shoulda woulda coulda yeah so what do you work with your girls um specifically that are struggling with this dance of what ifs like how do you help them well, so there's two kinds of what ifs. There's the what ifs about the past and the, there's the what ifs about the future, right? So the what ifs in the past, True. like, oh, what if I kept my mouth shut on that one? What if I had just let him come over? What if I didn't let him come over, right? Like, what if I never right. went to that bar? I never would have met that mother, you know what, right? <laughs> like, there's so many. And so um, I teach one of my the tools that I teach, but you can find that you can learn about it is from a teacher named Byron Katie. And she has uh, a thought tool that she calls the work. And she, she has one of my favorite quotes that I say all the time. She says, when you argue with reality, you suffer, but only 100% of the time. I love that. It's love- like, not just sometimes, all the <laughs> all time. All the time. Right? <laughs> Every time. And so Every single everything time. unfolded the way it was supposed to. You were supposed to go to that bar. You were so, supposed to swipe right on him. You were supposed to meet him. You were supposed to let him come stumbling in at three in the morning after he didn't call you for two weeks. All those things were supposed to happen for you to just realize, holy 
mother of God, I have just been abandoning myself and saying yes to crumbs. And now I'm just feeling worse. And I'm finding myself just like desiring his attention for me to feel good. Right. So we're cultivating awareness. So thank you for showing up to teach me that lesson. It's all in perspective. And then the what ifs about the future. What if he comes back? I hope I'm going to stay strong enough that I don't, that I say no. But what if he says that perfect thing? What if he sucks me back in again? I don't know if I have the strength. What if I'm alone at 45, right? All these what ifs about the future. Or I'd rather have him than have nobody, right? What if I'm alone Uh. this time next year? I don't want to be single. All these things, right? They're just a war in your brain. That's it. And I'm here at 38, single in Los Angeles, where most people say finding a guy in LA is like probably harder than getting an acting job. (laughs) Um, But I I don't see it that way at all because of the way I manage my mind. And you can spiral on all the what ifs in the future. But you know what? If my brain does go there at 38, if I am single at 45, um, okay, I'll still be breathing. I'll be okay. My heart will still be beating. Like we think that it's the end of the world if the worst case scenario happens. But from someone who's been through many worst case scenarios actually unfolding, um, they were all supposed to happen. And it has the work and my lesson and what I think a majority of heartbroken women's lessons. And I'm, I'm talking about women who come to me and invest in six months of their time who are like, this heartbreak destroyed me, right? Like, cause right. I know what it's like to have been destroyed by heartbreak, right? And really just being like, okay, the worst case scenario happened. It felt like I wanted to die, but I didn't die. So what can I do about this? Because I can't change him. I can't right. control his actions. I can't control if he or she, right? I talk about how my podcast is, how to stop wanting him back, but heartbreak is a universal of lesson. Course. So of course, Absolutely. I just talk about my own experience as a heterosexual woman. Um, but that, you know, the work is about you will be okay. And if you don't believe you will be okay, that's where going to the right coach or going to the right therapist comes in because this life is too freaking precious to be walking around, letting this person consume our brains. And it isn't his or her fault. It's your fault. And I don't say that in a shaming way, but shaming way, but I think that that's the best news ever because you you can get to manage your own mind. You don't get to manage his behavior and you don't get to control the future. So what can you do right here, right now to learn how to be and not just be with the discomfort, but then eventually transform that discomfort and start living your life for you instead of letting him consume your brain morning, noon, and night. It's so empowering. Girl, preach it. Preach. (laughs) Shout it louder to the girls in the back. I can't hear you. And I see you guys nodding because you're trying to speak, and I'm like, I'm not finished. (laughs) No, I love it because I have so many friends in that same boat that are like, but what if I never get to get married? And what if I never have kids? And what if I do this? And what if I do that? And I want to be like, listen, like we were talking about this with when you jumped off real quick, but like manifesting your own like destiny and your own future and your own things and like thinking it into existence and like you Claire was just talking about how like it's in our own mind and like we can live our mind and our own being we can't control him her she whatever you know right I think that's so powerful I want to be like yeah your thoughts create your results so when someone says to me like oh why are you single and I'm like because of my thoughts like I (laughs) have full responsibility 
for being single. Right. And I was just um, saying to Kristen before that uh, I am single, obviously. Guys, did I tell you that I'm single yet? I'm very focused on it. <laughs> I'm fine. I swear I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. But my point is, because I just maxed out my client list and my business and growing this business literally for the last year, like my business has been my husband. That's what I always right. say. We're in a really great relationship. <laughs> it's going really well. Because we spend morning, noon, and night together. And I have gotten to a place, but my thoughts created my results to create the 20 clients, right? And so the 21 now, because I can't say no to a heartbroken yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's where I need my own coaching. But that now I'm going to be starting to work on my own dating life. But I take responsibility for my dating life. Like now as I go out into the world, my thoughts create my results. And if I'm thinking LA is a shitty place to date, if I'm thinking, oh, who's going to want me? I'm 38, right? Like if I'm doing all that bullshit in my brain, I will attract people who aren't interested. So yes. you've got to start looking at, well, what's so exciting about dating? I know both of you are married and you sound like you were very happily married people despite the streaming issue before, yeah. right? But like there are some unhappily married women who are looking yeah. at me being like, sister friend, you did it right. You like really learned who you were before you got married. It's all a shift in perspective. It is. And I'm not saying one way is better or another. I just know I'm on my own damn journey. And totally. so my circumstances, I am single right here, right now. So I get to love this and change it if I want to or have a pity party about it. Which do you choose? Right. And that is a practice because I'm saying, I'm saying that as if like, guys, it's just like totally owning it. I mean, I was that person who was miserable and put all my energy and like believed my worth was based on who I was with in my dating life for sure. Like this is a practice way yeah. of approaching and it works and it's life-changing and amazing. But that's what, like, that's kind of this common theme I'm seeing. I'm sorry. There's like a gnat by me, you guys. I'm like killing the gnat. Um, is on, it single? Yes, he may be. Um, but what I'm noticing is like how how we put so much emphasis and so much like self worth on being in a relationship. Like not it's I know and it's like kind of trendy on Instagram, but like self love, self worth, like finding that. But honestly, I I see it because as women, especially, and again, we're just coming from our perspective. I think men a hundred percent can be there too. Um, and we had a question from a um, a listener talk about some, a man who's going through a breakup who has no self worth and has no love. Like we put so much love in and just self-worth on being in a relationship. And I I think you are screaming from the back of the stand saying, no, it's more about, guys, we got to find our self-worth, our self-love outside of another human being before trying to find that perfect person. But I guess what tips do you give people that do struggle with it? Like, because they do. And it's amazing how bad people feel when they get dumped. Uh, well, getting dumped, I call that clean pain. If you're if you're with someone who you love and your heart is set on them and you see a future with them and you've been talking about a future together. I just started work this morning with a girl who like this guy was just all in until he wasn't. And that's devastating. So the first thing I say is it's supposed to suck. It really is. Like, there's no way around this. Don't think that you're calling a heartbreak coach. It's just going to be like, ta-da, like a fairy godmother, <laughs> let me take your pain away. Right, right. Part of the process is feeling the pain and not numbing out on food, alcohol, sex, shopping, Netflix binging, social media, stalking, which makes you feel worse, worse. all of the things, right? Like, 
fall apart, allow the pain. And then when you're ready, like, okay, I'm ready to start feeling better. By the way, I think it's totally fine if you want to have a pint of Ben and Jerry's or like <laughs> binge watch Parks and Rec or whatever for a little <laughs> bit, right? And then eventually like get your ass up and start cleaning some shit up for yourself. Yeah. So I'm definitely a very tough love approach and <laughs> no one picked up on that, right? But I also, of course, have a huge space of compassion, but then it's like, okay, but do you want to continue mourning and like deciding that your life is over because this person has decided to leave? Or do you want to be like, this is my... My life, how do I want to show up? But another um, great point that you both were hitting on is like the lack of love for yourself and needing to find that love from someone else. And I just feel like there isn't enough information out there on actually how to do that. And again, it's thought work, like committing to new thoughts about yourself. Yeah. And that's really hard. I actually just interviewed my therapist a couple of days ago. I don't work with her any, anymore, but we worked together for two and a half years. We haven't worked together for two years, but she really set the foundation for me through mindfulness-based psychotherapy to really pause and not only just be with my pain and allow my pain, which of course the yogis talk about too, but it's different when you're like, no, but listen to my dramatic victim story because it's real, right? And so <laughs> she really would be like, it's okay that you're angry at him. It's okay that you feel abandoned. I'm like, it is not okay. <laughs> and like, that was huge for me because I was like, I, as a yogi and a meditator, I could feel the pain in my heart center. I was very aware of the thoughts but I did not think they were okay. I did not think they were allowed. I did not think, um, I thought like these, this is bad. This is bad. And the more I resisted, the more they persisted and got louder and louder. And then I played them out with the next guy and shitty friendships. I was not a great friend to be around. I was brutal to be around. I can't believe majority of them stayed, but I did lose a couple. <laughs> and so really like learning how to speak in loving ways. And so my therapist and I had a great laugh on, on the podcast where I was like, I will never forget. You told me to put my hand on my heart and just pause and find my feet on the ground and breathe and just say, Claire, I love you. You're doing great. And I literally said to her, no disrespect to you. I show up here every week. I love you, but I want to peel my skin off when you ask me to tell me to love myself. Yeah. And I literally said to her, I don't want to love me. I want him to do that for me. Like, that's what I'm thinking. And it feels, I even feel shame bringing that up right now. Like I literally was saying, no, I want love from him. I don't right. care about me. I want him to make me feel better. Literally, he is the thing outside of me that has to fill me up. Yeah. And so having awareness and owning that and moving through that. And then this is where really like the coaching aspect of it is, I think, transformational, committing to new thoughts. Right. And yeah. that is a practice. And it is not something that I think you can do on your own because I tried it for many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a practice for sure. And I mean, I feel like I myself had to coach myself. We've all been in yeah. tough relationships and therapy. We talk a lot. We love therapy on this podcast. We're all about therapy. Yes. But um, yeah, important. so I definitely understand that you're like grounding, doing like that grounding exercise and you're like, this blows right now. <laughs> How dare you ask me to love myself. Yeah, and ground myself. <laughs> Ugh. You ground me. That's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. yeah, I pay you money to do this for me. <laughs> I want to get into something that has I've like always wondered. The question that every ex has probably given to so many of our listeners: Let's just be friends. 
guys, let's just try to be friends. It's going to work. We can do it. Um, but is that really healthy and doable? I don't think it is in the initial breakup. If one person is heartbroken and the other person doesn't want to be in an intimate relationship or be together in the romantic sense, that is a recipe for disaster and so much more pain. And then the age old question is, will we ever be able to be friends? Right? Like I remember feeling like, I feel like I'm losing my best friend here because there were some people that like one in particular who is a dear friend of mine now, but that friendship happened years later and it was organic. And there's another close friend where we had this intense thing and it fizzled fast and we ended up having a lot of mutual friends and kind of just fell into this beautiful friendship. And he does like all this work on himself now. And we have all these deep talks about personal growth and all of that. So it can happen, but it has to happen in an organic sense. And I think you also have, you know, that you're able to be friends with your ex when you're able to talk about their significant others or like their dating lives. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like my ex, one who's an ex from like 10 years he called me a few months ago and he was like I met a girl and I'm like oh (laughs) right like we're totally friends and if his girlfriend was a fly on the wall everything appropriate would be happening right Right. like that's a true friendship that is true I mean it's literally like straight out of sex in the city when Carrie's trying to talk to big and he's like telling her (laughs) she's like no I can't do this like (laughs) no because you can't I just I personally don't think like it's doable. Like that's where I've always stood. I was like, no, this is not doable. But we have so many, like tons of friends that are still friends with their exes and it is doable. So, I mean, again, I think it's that age old question of just like, I mean, time Mm -hmm. organically happening or like, maybe you're just not that person. Like I'm just not that person. Or what works for the individual, right? Um, I think, Uh, But I used to be such a black and white thinker, which never really ultimately served me. And like, I thought, never again, I never want to speak to or see you, right? (laughs) And just life happens, right? And so I think that that's such a beautiful thing. And for me, with these two guys who are so special to me now, who I had very deep feelings for and was very emotionally attached to in a romantic way, I see, because I know them so well in a different sense and like things that they've went through... I see so clearly how not personal that falling out, those two falling outs were about. It was like their stuff and my stuff combined together was just the perfect storm for us to dredge up our stuff and either walk away and heal ourselves or walk away and keep repeating the same patterns. And Mm -hmm. so I think we did, you know, repeat the same patterns, but then eventually like they've shared some stuff with me that I'm like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, thank but also, yeah. And they see Claire, the heartbreak coach, like clearly they know I've been doing some yeah. work on myself. So but I'm very self-owned in like me being a basket case and falling yeah. apart and you know, all of that. So yeah, I think it's a very individual situation, but guys, like anyone who's like, no, we can, we can be friends. Be really real with yourself. If, he, if he's talking about other girls or whatever, and that makes you sick to your stomach. You're not ready. You're not ready. ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk, talk, hot topic. Ghosting. Ooh. Oh yeah. I just read an article on ghosting. Oh, you did? Yeah. Ooh, girl. I I hate being ghosted by my friends. I hate being ghosted by people I'm trying to get in business. Like 
why is this a thing? Why can grown ass adults not have legitimate conversations with each other to end things when necessary? Like not everything has to be like, I hate you. So I'm ending it. Some things you could just end, but why is it such a big thing right now? Like, why is it so prevalent in dating and all other aspects too? Why do you think? I think I agree with you. I think we can all be adults. I mean, at this point, um, I can't respond to every single email from like, you know, the podcast and people telling me all their heartbreaks or whatever, but if you have an established relationship, like you've already communicated and you've gone on a couple of dates or you've been, let's say I was like, yeah, guys, let's do a podcast. And then I just never talked to you again and never gave you a reason why like that's ghosting, right? Just to be clear on the difference between the two, (laughs) because I've been learning to not respond to every email. And that's been a really big deal to me because the empath in me is like, I need to take care of every broken heart (laughs) that reaches out to me. Yes. That is a good clarification. That's, I agree that boundaries, like, and you've already like spoken or had something or done something. And then you just, no, disappear into thin air. I, I totally agree. So I, that's my personal moral compass. Like I agree with you. I, I don't, think ghosting is okay. Now here's where I think ghosting is okay in dating. If someone is like treating you like a piece of meat on the date, like I don't care to be like, Hey, I just don't see this going anywhere. (laughs) Right. If you're just like a total tool and you're disrespectful or you're talking about yourself the whole time, or you showed up 45 minutes late and you just talked about yourself and all the things I have plenty of stories, right? Like I don't, I don't owe you like a, Hey, I don't see this working out. Now, if someone is a lovely human being and we just had a nice exchange and he asked me out again, absolutely. I think like that is the respectful thing to do. Um, why I think it's so prevalent is because of technology. It's so easy to just hide behind the screen. And I think this is why narcissistic sociopathy is so prevalent. People are now between online dating apps, and social media, people are now just being looked at as objects. And I do it too. I really do. No, no, too short. No, no. Right. Like (laughs) I totally do that too. However, when you meet the person in person or, or even better when you ghost and you've just been like chatting away on the app and then they like disappear because clearly they found someone better. I'm putting better in air quotes because it's not possible. (laughs) (laughs) Are the thoughts that I think about myself yeah. are now getting borderline <laughs> cocky, not too much self-love. So I do. I think it's I think it's um, social media, and I think it's um, dating apps, and it's just easy to hide behind the screen. I think that um, millennials these days are just uh, learning how to f- communicate through screens and yeah. typing, and like. I, yeah. So Sometimes I'm like, behind that. Oh, sorry. I'm just like thinking about no, millennials. I'm just like, I'm a millennial. We are millennials. I'm a millennial. Like I'm full on millennial, but like, well, not full on, but I, I own We're it. We're age millennial. Yeah. 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 I just, I just sit here. There's something so powerful about having an uncomfortable conversation. My husband a couple years ago said that every day can't, I don't know who, what book he read. He's such a little bookworm. But they talk about the power of having um, an uncomfortable conversation and you should be having one every day. You should be trying to put yourself, that sounds weird, but in a place to have an uncomfortable situation because it helps you grow. And so what I'm seeing is just, yeah, millennials, um, it's not just millennials. I don't want to put it on, but like even in friendships and yeah, Kristen's like, I hate uncomfortable conversations. She's, yeah, 
But I've been trying to create a space for that, though. And, like, a space, not necessarily every day, but a space to, like, love myself. And sometimes that means, like, breaking up with friendships. And, like, I just had to go through that hardcore with someone who I've known for, we were roommates in college, but our relationships didn't serve each other anymore. And I could have faked it and, like, done it, but Whitney actually was, like, kind of an encourager of, like, you don't have a lot of time. And the time that you do have, you want to surround yourself and put yourself in a space that's healthy for you. And like, and just making space for people that love you back the way you want to be loved, where you're not always giving and giving. And I think that's so hard. Like, it's so so hard hard to do. So it's so easy to ghost, but it's not, it's not always a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm a coach and I find the, Hey, I'm just not that into you conversation. So uncomfortable. And I would still do it like on a screen if I've only been on two dates with someone or three dates with someone. And like one guy was just like, I thought we had a really special connection and it takes time to get to know someone. I'm like, you just made it so much easier because you're now arguing with (laughs) me. You're like, bye. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like three dates. That's the point of dating. You get to know someone and then you decide, you know, that, uh, this isn't working. Right. But I, I totally agree. The uncomfortable conversation is key and we're not put on this earth to like just say yes to everybody right, right. so why not do it respectfully respectfully but what i'd love to add to that for anybody who's listening who just got ghosted and super hurt and you're like what did i do or why did he do that and i thought she was great and then next thing you know i haven't heard from her in two weeks like wtf right um that i love to look at it as from the perspective of thank you for showing me who you are Yes. I, like when I start dating, now I'm going to officially start dating again and being really clear about the kind of person I want to attract. And so if you just literally drop off, like, oh, thank you, because I do want to have a kid and I don't want a man who can't effectively communicate. And totally. I don't want him raising a son like that either. So, you know, right. and, and, and then to add to that as well, you know, when people are freaking out about my ex is now with someone else and what does she have that I don't have and all of that. It's like, Oh, but you know him, you, you saw the way that he treated you. And if you think he's changed with her, maybe she seems like a bright, shiny new unicorn, but like the same stuff comes up. I know because the same stuff came up for me. So we, (laughs) we think we make it about ourselves or we wonder who they went off with or whatever. And it's just like, but it doesn't matter because that's the type of person he's just revealed himself to be. That's the most important part. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's hard to see that in like in Mm -hmm. that breakup. Yeah. When you're being rejected. Yeah. It's hard or ghosted or whatever, like, but it's, yeah, yeah, whatever it may be. Like when you finally see the true light and you're able, you like, I don't know, follow that gut instinct, whatever it might be. It is hard to grasp that. But at the end, like at the end of the day, I had that gut instinct thing. And I am like so grateful that I followed that gut instinct. And I was able to just, because, you know, there's always, I think one of the best things of, of, and we're going to ask you, we always ask our guests in a few minutes, like the best piece of advice your best friend gave you. Mm -hmm. But one of the best pieces of advice my best friend, one of our best friends, Cody gave me was there, like, you may not think right now that there's someone out there who gets you and understands you and can love you. But let me tell you, there's someone who's going to get you, love you and understand you way better. Like there is someone out there. Um, so just 
let it go. Like that was literally mm-hmm. all I needed to hear. And yeah, yeah. And I a hundred percent found like was able to let go of that piece and like find that person. And I did, I found, I mean, obviously my husband's incredible, but it's so hard in the moment, whatever you're in, in life, like a relationship being ghosted, just a few dates, like you get so caught up in the tailspin of just like, Oh, like it's never going to be, they're never going to get me the same way. Like, yeah, totally. Whitney, I totally agree with that. And I felt that and I felt that with a breakup, the guy who inspired me to actually launch my coaching business as like the niche for heartbreak, I was like, you know, he wasn't like my type, so to speak. And I thought, oh my gosh, here's this like really nerdy, kind, amazing guy. And we have so much in common and we're so compatible. There were some things for sure. And ultimately he broke up with me, but I thought that there was enough good there. And I hadn't experienced that good in a long time. And he was like, I feel like you know, you are holding on to me because I treat you well. And I was just like, uh, get over yourself. I've been with some other nice people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But to to his point, I mean, we were ultimately, of course, when you look back and you do the work, you're like, oh, wow. And I ended up bumping into him and I was like, oh, yeah, no, like the best feeling. And I actually now live really close to his place and I drive by and I'm like, (laughs) I used to drive by because it's just like an open, you know, it's like one of those common streets that you have to like pass to get to real places. And it used to be like, oh, knife to the heart. (laughs) Now just like, oh my gosh. And even though I am, and, and, and I said this to my coach recently, I'm like, I think I'm single right now as an example to some of my single clients who think that being single is horrific or like, what if it's always like this? And, um, I can honestly say that I've been single for a chunk of time and like experienced dating and whatever and experienced disappointment and all the things, but that I know how to move through it. And I still 100% believe my person is out there. Like that to me is not a question. Now, do I have pockets of loneliness? Do I have pockets of fear? Absolutely. And then I manage my damn mind around it. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. That's what it's all okay. about. Okay. So, Claire, one segment that we play on TGL yeah. is our favorite. It's Yay and Nay with Wit and Kay. I love it. <laughs> now, it's our favorite thing that you're loving and hating this week. So, Claire, not to put you on the spot, but what is your yay and what is your nay? Okay. Yay is I just had a girl come and feng shui my apartment. And so I am like doing all the things right now. Um, so we're in, I'm doing the work that she gave me and I'm already just like, Oh, like the little (laughs) tweaks. And it's all from the space of calling in love. So we're just doing all the things and adding some sexy, like little, um, what should I say? Accents and things that I never would have thought about. And I'm just like, yes. And so that's been really amazing. And just looking at my space in a different way. And I just believe in the energy of things. And um, it's different from the Marie Kondo. It's similar, but different. Um, But yeah, so I'm just so excited. That's so fun. I took a feng shui class not too long ago and it's awesome. I was like mind blown. Oh my God, Did you do so like cool grid you over your house? Yes. So for a See while. See where your love is and your money and your trap. <laughs> like my I bedroom thought... is love. I was like, what? Mine too. But for a while, because I did a different chart, I thought it was my bathroom. I'm like, great. Where I take a shit <laughs> is my love corner. <laughs> 
So I love it's so. So cool. she came in and she was like, "Your bed, your bedroom is your love corner." I'm like, ah! I'm like that alone. You can leave. That's all I needed to know. I need um, to get on this. I had. I needed to add purple to my trash can because that's where my money is. And she's like, "Make your trash cans nice." I'm like, "All right, girl. Put some rhinestones wait, on that." Or wait, because with your trash can in your prosperity corner. Yes. Oh, that's, that's so where like my garage lies, and it's like yes. that. And I was like, uh, "That's where my trash is." And she's like, "Make it a nice trash can." I'm like, okay. "Yes, I love that." It was crazy. It's so cool. Wait, you gotta do it. It's so awesome, I, guys. This is like I'm googling this after this. This is so. Cool. I was like a little like it's kind of woo woo, but uh, after yeah. the two hour class, I was like, uh, "You're convinced." I'm you're all about so, the woo woo. Yeah. All about the woo-woo. I am too. Yeah. I totally am too. So I have like little twin candles, like pink candles in my room. And um, she told me that she was like, so what's on his side of the bed for the bedside drawer? And like, um, like markers and like dental floss and um, little like cl- cleaner for my laptop. She's like, get rid of all of that. You need to have some condoms in there. And I'm like, oh, I that like make space for. I told my girlfriend that I'm like, if your house is totally no room for anyone to come in, then no one's going to come in. Totally. Totally. And, and I, and my plastic hangers have to be shifted to wooden hangers to bring more masculinity in, to call the masculine in little things like that. that I'm like, yes, done. Done. Wow. So (laughs) that's my yay. Cause I'm doing all of that and replacing, like repositioning my things. And I, I just like feel this hopeful sense of love right now and really feeling really positive. And I think that that's really helping my nay is I live in Los Angeles people. And my nay is people who see that you're waiting for their parking spot and go into their car and proceed to talk and text on their phone and take up the spot while you are waiting to park there. Yeah. With your blinker. (laughs) Such with your blinker on and they like acknowledge you. And so this just happened at Whole Foods. And a woman stopped and she goes, this is me. She's, she's indicating like, don't worry. Like I, I got you, you. Got my spot. Yeah. Oh my God. And then the car next to her, a little kid comes out and she proceeds to stop and engage with the cute kid. You're like, like, it like, wasn't just like, hi, you're so cute. And keep going. It was a full on. And I just slammed my, my foot on the pedal. <laughs> I was like, I am not waiting for you to just like get your little, whatever you need out of the cute kid whole, what uh, is it about whole foods like every parking lot of a whole food sucks like sucks i would rather pay on the street than pull into the parking lot but sometimes even those spots are taken so girls that is why you do amazon prime delivery of whole foods except that i like to pick out my own produce i would agree but they do a pretty good job really? as long as you, i like just do all organic and it just gets shipped and it's all great <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, every you're, time you're, I you're twisting my arm. Every time I go on Whole Foods now, it's just Amazon people. I'm like, what is it happening? I'm like the only person shopping now. Like, anyhow. Well, when you get two hour free delivery, it's amazing. I know. Okay. Uh-huh. Yay and nay. I'll okay. get to mine. Mine are exactly the same for my yay and my nay, which is very weird. But my daughter turns one on Wednesday, so that's my yay. Oh! But it's also my nay because I cannot believe that she has already won. And we took her one year pictures today, and it just like kind of makes me want to throw up when I think about it, but also like she's growing and she's alive and she's big and learning. And that is so wonderful. But I'm like, stay my baby forever. That's exciting. So, oh, yeah. that's so cute. That's my yay and my nay. Oh, well now, now I'm like put on the spot. Um, okay. My yay is that everything is like 
pumpkin and fall right now. Like we already have pumpkins in my house. I'm a huge fall person. My birthday's in October. So we already have pumpkins and, oh, I'm just, I'm eating that all up already. Literally. So, yeah. Yes. Just <laughs> literally eating. Pumpkin spice lattes are everywhere. <laughs> um, and then my nay, my nay is, <laughs> um, I would, I would have to say, I'm in nurse practitioner school and my nay is just school right now. Like for anyone out there who's still like in college, getting their master's, whatever, you're in high school, maybe you listen. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't go back to school. Um, just kidding. That is you, not what we're teaching no, here, people. I'm just kidding. No, I just, oh. TGL said quit school. Yeah. So mom, we're quitting mom, school. Girls at TGL were like, don't go to school anymore. <laughs> No, I just, I'm over it. You know, when you just have that weekend, I'm like, I don't want to, yeah. my book is like, yeah. tw- like, you don't even want to know how many pages this book is. It weighed four pounds. So, yeah. No, not okay. Yeah. Not, not, so that's not my okay. name. That is my name. That's a good name. I know. Thank you. I don't know if you're still doing school. I finished school at 27 and I was like, get me out of here. I know. I don't know. You know, just trying to be productive in life and be a better person. <laughs> And like help heal people. Help heal people. Uh, what up? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, last question. Yes. The last question, I kind of touched on it earlier, is this is Kristen and I have been best friends forever. And this podcast is all about friendship and hanging out with your girlfriends and well, or guy friends. And so what is the best piece of advice you've ever received from a best friend or a friend? You guys are not I don't know if you'll think this is good enough, but really and truly, because I have the greatest girlfriends, like this kind of friendship that you guys have, like I've just always been abundant in that. And so they've all just loved me unconditionally. And yes, I've dropped a couple, but even through my darkest, like eight years ago in my rock bottom and they were there for me and they listened and they told me he was a, you know what, and they like helped me through and guided me in the right directions and suggested all the things recommended the books. But the best thing one of my best friends told me is you have to go talk to someone because this is getting like beyond like they can only take me so far. And I think friends helping friends is such a beautiful thing. And obviously I'm a coach. So my coaching definitely can bleed into my friendship and I have to check that and say, do you want friend thoughts or coach thoughts? Right. (laughs) But like really and truly because they're your friends, they're going to have their own opinions through their own veils of experience. And like my friend basically said, like, I've got to put up a boundary here because we're going in a loop. And I know that was really hard for her to say because I know it wasn't coming from a lack of love. I think it was coming from the most loving place. Like I am here for you, but I need to put like a time cap on it. And I need to see that things are shifting for you. And the way that they're going to shift is by you getting help. And I know that that's really hard to say to someone, but I've said that to friends too. I think that, you know, we're here talking about the same thing a year later, two years later, three years later, you're not happy. I've given you resources. You're still here. You need to like do something differently. So I think that's such hard advice to give to someone. Cause you're basically saying I, I'm out, I'm tapped out right now. Right. Right. But it not is to, to another sex in the city reference, but they did that with Carrie. They were like, we can't help you anymore. Like yeah. we don't know what else to say. Like we can be supportive and love on you. And they said the exact same thing. Like, yeah. we can't help you anymore. I think that's a huge thing. And that shows a lot about your friend. Yeah. And how much mm-hmm. she loves you. And therapy Putting up is boundaries. the best. Sorry. Yeah. And when you put up boundaries, I know for me, like, my friends have been upset when I put up boundaries with them. But, like, it actually makes the friendship so much healthier. And it's 
Like if I, now that I'm coaching 21 people a week, I, I, my cup is like very limited for other things. Of course. And like self-care is huge. So, you know, I can't talk to a friend at 2 PM just because her kid is napping on a Tuesday. Like that's not something I'm available to do that I used to be available to do, you know? And not that any of my friends have been like, how dare you have a full coaching practice? They've been really supportive, but there's an adjustment there. Right. But of course, again, back to old school empath stuff, I'm like, oh no, or I literally haven't talked to one of my closest friends in over two months. Well, that's because my life has changed. I didn't have a baby or get married, but I created a baby with my business, right? So it's like really implementing them. And I think I have let some people down and I know that I've been let down, but like for my greater good, right? Because Mm -hmm. she's saying like, nothing's changing. And I want that for you. And also it's coming from someone who's in therapy herself, who is doing that work, who can say like, I come to you for advice, but also there's nothing like a really good therapist or coach to really heal your stuff. Because we're also like, when we hear things, especially about our friends, asshole boyfriends, and then, you know, they stay together with them. Right. It's like, okay. And then it becomes, there's, you know, tension between the two of you and all of that. And exactly. Or you're judging him or you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Whereas like a therapist and a coach has to come to it really clean. Yeah. Sometimes you need that like cut. You need to cut that because it could like turn a really good re- friendship to like a bad really quick. So I think that's a beautiful yeah. piece of advice. And I think Kristen and I have had to give each other like, you know, kind of those moments too. Mm-hmm. But ultimately yeah. we were able to come back around. So you know, amazing. Yeah. Look at the two of you. Oh my gosh. Faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Claire, it has been an absolute pleasure oh, to chat with you today. Yes. I know our listeners are just going to eat you right up like we have. Oh, so we really appreciate you. all your advice and where can everyone, we find can't wait you. to see how like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about your podcast. Oh, you're so sweet. I have had such a blast chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I just love talking about this stuff and really I'm so honored that you had me. Um, so you can find me at Claire, the heartbreak coach on Instagram, Claire with an I C L A I R E the heartbreak coach, all one word. And, um, Claire, the heartbreak coach.com. I, again, I do have a wait list that I've just started now, but Some of my clients are wrapping up contracts um, next month in October. So uh, definitely reach out and um, ask for help. And I also have, do you mind if I share about my podcast? Oh my gosh, share away. (laughs) Everything. How how to stop wanting him back. And um, as, as dramatic as the title is, it is about letting go of someone who is no longer in your life and letting go of the hold and all of that. But it really is so much more than just stopping wanting him or her back. It is about lear- really learning how to love yourself and break down all of the really self-sabotaging thoughts. So I go into that. I share so much about my own heartbreak story and how I've moved through it and navigate through it and different dating stories and things like that. So um, it's a lot of fun. So I hope Yay. you guys will check it out. And as always, we'll spam it everywhere. We'll have it on our website Yay. when we tag it on Instagram and all that stuff. So you guys can find her, stalk her, love her just like we do. So thank you for joining us. We hope you have the best week. Thanks guys.